I've seen cows up and I'm. That's <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a cow up. Hello, welcome to What a Way to Go with your hosts Claire Daly, Eleanor Gamer, and Sarah Austin. This is a podcast, a show about unusual deaths, near misses, and interesting stories in history. Uh, we're actually filming this. Filming this? <laughs> well, yep. we're not. We're not. We're actually recording. We're, not being <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this on International Women's Day, Woo-hoo! which is hey! Hey, there's the prosecco, which is lovely because we're doing it and we're all gal pals celebrating each other and other women. Mm, we're all women. And then Daly and I are drinking prosecco. Els is on the beers mm-hmm. because she's, a, she's not a prosecco fan. Hashtag lad. Yeah. Hashtag lad. And also we keep it equal. Yeah. 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 Different drinks for different. Do whatever we want, basically. Some of that fizz. Oh, lovely. Delicious. It's probably bad podcasting, isn't it? I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Remember us. Uh, yeah, so it's International Women's Day, but you're probably going to hear this in about in, in like six June. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so we're having a good time. We're celebrating our pals, our female pals. But you'll probably hear this after the fact, maybe around men, International Men's Day. When is that? That June? is no, that does exist. I think it's yeah, in no, November. it's a thing. I think it's November. Oh, okay, fine. maybe. Hopefully, it won't be November. Up the men. We still <laughs> like the men. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We love them. Sorry, this is incredibly noisy. This pouring. I didn't think it was going to be so. It's a big glass. So, episode five, hope you're enjoying it so far. It's been really fun. It's a riot. We're really enjoying it. We enjoy it. Even the research I find really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Even the editing I find really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you do because I struggle. (laughs) (laughs) The research or the editing? Well, both, but mostly the editing. I basically just stare at my computer screen. I'm like, huh? (laughs) My face is a big question mark. I just don't know how to do it. So thank you, Sarah, for doing that. Oh, don't be silly. It's all a joint effort. Um, but yeah, we're all having a really big laugh and I feel like it's quite nice on International Women's Day to appreciate the fact that we're doing it and it's fun mm. and we love each other. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You look so unsure about that. <laughs> do we, do we like, like each other? I don't we really like either like. of you. But <laughs> Are we just podcast pals? Is it Absolutely any, not. Anything else? This started way before the podcast started. Damn straight. Mm. Um, who goes first this week? I've legitimately forgotten Elle as well. Oh, it's okay. me. It's me. I've got the longest story in the world. That's fine. So buckle down. Up. Buckle up. Buckle up. Settle buckle in. in. Settle in, guys. Settle in. Pour yourself a glass of Prosecco. Already done. You've done it. <laughs> this week, I was quite intrigued by something that was a bit mysterious. So I wanted to find something that was maybe had like an unsolved element to it or something that was ruled to be one thing and turned out to be another thing. Nice. So that kind of fueled my search. A lot of unsolved murders, as you might not be surprised by. Yep. I think that's a big thing in podcasting, I've heard. Unsolved what? murders. Unsolved unsolved podcasts. Murders. No, I think they're quite, they're quite big. Maybe. Maybe. Don't know about that. <laughs> what I have gone with is the Dyatlov Pass incident. Ooh. Now, this happened in Russia. So I'm taking you to Russia this week. Okay. Great. You're welcome. This happened in February 1959, so... Not recent. The Soviet Union, oh. as it was. There's a lot of Russian names in here that I am going to absolutely <laughs> <luck>. destroy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry, Russians. <laughs> Sorry about that. So this was a story that happened to a group of students and graduates from Ural, maybe Ural. I'm calling it I Ural. I Ural, yeah. 
State Technical University. So they were all experienced ski hikers and they set out on a ski expedition of the northern Urals in Sverdlovsk Oblast. That sounds a bit Swedish. Well, then I'm pronouncing it wrong. No, you're doing so well. Well done, The group was assembled by Igor Dyatlov, and he was a 23-year-old radio engineering student. And the group consisted of eight men and two women. They were all experienced grade two hikers with ski tour experience. Now, that doesn't mean a hell of a lot to me. No. Never been skiing. But I think we can safely assume... Outdoorsy is a good way. <laughs> Pretty outdoorsy. Pretty outdoorsy. <laughs> they know how to walk up. <laughs> they know how to walk up. They probably know how to walk down. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Just go. It's like what is it? Cows. Cows can go up, but they can't come down. <laughs> Cows can't walk down. Is that a verified fact? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I've never tested. I've it. not tested it. No. But I've, I've seen cows up, and I'm. <laughs> seen a cow up no but like I've driven past when like cows are up a thing and they look stuff but they can't get down <laughs> how do they get down I don't know I drove very fast sorry cow. that's a complete they're still up there squares you should have rescued them you heartless bitch yeah god damn it sorry cows sorry guys you say oh I don't eat cows you <laughs> bloody rescue them from a hill though will you it's all about me Oh, Christ. Oh, Sorry. Carry on, Els. <laughs> Carry on about the outdoorsy people. So, um, they were... So, the reason that they were taking this tour is because on completion of it, they would receive their Grade 3 certification. Um, and apparently, at that time... <laughs> that was That was the highest certification available in the Soviet Union. And it required candidates to traverse... 300 kilometres. Oh, Christ. That's now, a lot. Yeah. I mean, for me, I had to transfer, transvert it convert it to miles because my head doesn't do kilometers 186.5 miles it's a lot which is that's still gonna that's like days and days right it's a long old trip it's a cold trip as well because they're in northern russia or wherever mm-hmm. getting up a mountain the trip was to take the group to the slopes of the orterton mountain in the northern part of the ural range i had to look at a map it's not like northern northern russia but it's pretty far north i imagine in february this was quite cold on January the 28th, 1959, the group embarked on their expedition from Vizay, and that is the last inhabited settlement in the north. So they go there, and then off they go. One member of the group was left behind, Yuri Yudin, and he had several health ailments, so he couldn't continue on the trip. He would become the only surviving member of the group. Oh, wow. So the group spent a couple of days hiking, and then on February the 2nd, they set up camp on the slopes of the mountain next to Orterton, so near the one that they wanted to reach. Apparently, this, the place that they decided to set up camp was quite an odd decision, because the group were about a mile away from a forested area, slightly further down the mountain and that would have offered a bit more shelter Mm. from the pretty hardcore elements going on around them the mountain that they decided to set up camp on is known to locals as Kolatsiku that is definitely not how you pronounce it which supposedly translate to mountain of the dead oh god something I read said it's not great something I read said take that with a pinch of salt because that may be sort of something that's been added Mm. since this all happened Mm. Mm. Like, guys, if you're going to sleep there, what did you expect? Mm -hmm. February the 2nd. In February, In February. February the 2nd, 1959, would end up being their final night. Dyatlov had agreed that he would send a telegram to the sports club once they were back in Vizay 
on the return from their trip. He estimated that this would be by the 12th of February, although when he left to go on to the expedition, he told Yudin that he thought it would actually be a little bit later than the 12th. The 12th of February came and went, and they didn't hear from them, but no one was particularly worried because yeah, it's not that unusual. Mm, yeah. yeah. However, when a week came and went, that's when people started to think something was a bit odd here. So by February the 20th, the group's relatives were getting quite worried and they insisted that a rescue operation was put into action. So initially this consisted of volunteers of students and teachers, but eventually the army was deployed and they kind of included the use of planes and helicopters. So this is quite a big rescue operation. The rescue team did eventually discover the group's camp on February the 26th. So it took them quite a while to find it. And they were quite confused by what they found. Oh my God. The tents that this group had been staying in were found to have been cut from the inside. And footprints of eight or nine people were found heading in direction of the tree line. So... How many? How big was the group? There were ten of them initially, and then one, the one of them guy stayed. Not... So there were nine of them. Right. Okay. So they were found to have headed from the camp where they were staying towards the tree line. <laughs> Daly's got her hands over her face. <laughs> I've got actual chills. <laughs> we're just getting started. Oh Christ! The group's shoes and their gear were left behind, and the footprints indicated that the group had left either barefoot or in socks. Oh, God, so imagine that, socks yeah. in that kind of weather. In that kind of weather. Or no socks, even Jesus. worse. Essentially, they shredded the tents to get out in a hurry and waded through thick snow to escape. But there was no evidence of anyone else being at the camp or of any foul play within the group. So the question was, what had happened that had made these people be so desperate to get out that they were willing to get out with no shoes on and nothing else on to avoid what was happening? My... Big juvenile part of my brain is like someone did a really bad blow off in the tent. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, people have died. I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's a reason to run out in the cold snow. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Someone had been having a terrible time. Exactly. So the first two members of the group were eventually found, and they were found under a pine tree at the forested area, which was a mile away from where they were camping. They were found wearing only their underwear and they were barefoot. Reports suggested that they were found under a pine tree and the the branches at the top of this tree were broken, which suggested that someone had climbed this tree, potentially looking out for something. What the fuck? And they also found the remains of a fire nearby. They then discovered the next three bodies, and this included Dyatlov, who was the leader of the group. those bodies were dead? They were dead, yeah, yeah, everyone everyone was dead. And they were found between the forested area and the camp and they were found kind of within distance of each other so they weren't all together but there was something about the way that they were found which suggested that they were making their way from the forested area back towards the camp one of the three rustem slobatin he had a fractured skull but that wasn't ruled as as fatal they said that was non-fatal so they ruled all five of those people to have died from hypothermia Two months went before they found the four remaining members. They were found under four metres of snow in a ravine. Oh, my God. uh, And that was 75 metres further into the forested area. They had more clothes on, and the clothes that they were wearing, it seemed that they had taken those from other members of the group. So I think that they they could identify that something that they had on had belonged to another member of the group Mm. that they found somewhere Mm -hmm. else. 
what they found with these four slightly shifted the narrative of what had happened. So they'd ruled that the first five had died from hypothermia, but with these four, it was a different story. It was found that the death that they had suffered was more traumatic than the other group members. They'd sustained fatal injuries. One of them had a fractured skull, one had crushed ribs, and the other one had crushed ribs, and also her tongue was missing. What the what? Fuck! So one of the theories was that the group were searching for help, so this four were searching for help, despite the fact that they were dressed pretty inadequately for the climate and the Mm. elements, um, and that they were attacked by Mansi tribesmen because they had been kind of trespassing on their area. But this was quite quickly disregarded because the trauma inflicted apparently required more force than a human could have inflicted. So Dr. Boris Vosrazdeni, who I think was involved in the investigation said that the force required to cause such damage would have been extremely high and he compared it to the force of a car crash. What the f- And bizarrely, there were no wounds on the bodies. So it was all internal injuries. There was nothing external that suggested that something had happened that could have been inflicted by an animal or a person. So this was kind of all the information that they had. And at the time, they ruled that the group had died of a compelling natural force. So the inquest ceased in May 59 because... They didn't have a guilty party. They didn't think that it was murder or foul play or anything like that. And the case was filed away. So that was kind of it. And there have been several theories about what happened. So there's quite a few theories and I'm just going to talk about a couple of them. Please. So the first one, which a lot of people think is quite plausible, although actually I did read about a lot of kind of points that said that couldn't have happened, which I'll go into... At first I thought, oh, well, that sounds quite plausible. And then actually it seems like that couldn't have happened. And that is an avalanche. So well, yeah, they, the guys, the last guys that were found were buried under snow, weren't they? So yeah. you would think in theory that could have been. That could have happened. Mm. So the first one is that they thought an avalanche had happened. It caused the group to wait quickly and in their panic, they would have cut through just yeah, to get out sure. of the tent. Yeah. And something that that was the reason why they were dressed so poorly is because they just needed to get out of the tent, which I thought, okay, that makes sense. But then I also thought, no one's sleeping in their underwear in like northern Russia mm. in February. No, true, like yeah. I'm layered up in the UK. July. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think they could have started in their underwear because they would surely they would have been layered up. So that was kind of one theory, and that they thought that maybe they headed towards a forested area because that might have slowed the snow down, mm. and they could have lit a fire and stayed warm there. Another slightly odd theory, which goes with the avalanche suggestion and explains why they weren't really dressed adequately for the Mm -hmm. time of year and the conditions, is something called paradoxical undressing. So this is something that can happen when somebody is suffering quite deeply from hypothermia. So you're kind of in this delirious state where you don't really know what's going on. And apparently when you're kind of that far into hypothermia, you can almost, like, whatever is happening inside your body to try and kind of counteract this incredible cold (laughs) that's happening is that you feel almost like a burning from inside. Like a fever type thing. Yeah. So where where you're slightly delirious and you're feeling like you're burning from the inside, you start to kind of strip away your layers of clothes. So a theory is that, the group were I guess regardless of an avalanche because they would have been cold anyway is that they were that hypothermia set in and they were so far into that that they were delirious and they started to get this kind of feeling this burning sensation 
Did they find cloves, though? Did they find cloves floating around that people would have taken off? No, I don't think so. I think they found, like, that. Yeah, that's true. Because but then the, you would have just thrown it off. The other people would have taken them if they weren't as far gone. The people that were found last, they had more cloves on. Yeah, that's true. So that is a point that they said. So they thought that could have been a reason why they were out without their clothes on. Because people stole it. And that the ones further down potentially... Took it off. They were of sound enough mind that they then realised they needed to put layers on, which might have been why they took that from the people that had already died because they knew that they had to layer up. So that's one of the kind of theories as to what happened to them. That has been disputed for several reasons. First of all, apparently there were no signs in the area that an avalanche had happened. Well, exactly. That is, that's my immediate thing was like, you can tell if an avalanche yeah. happened. It's not like, oh, a mysterious invisible avalanche went no, through. Yeah. Like everything would just be covered in snow. Yeah, so that's what they said. So the bodies were found that were found 10 days after the incident. They were found in a shallow layer of snow. Mm. And you would have thought if they'd all been hit by an avalanche, yeah, exactly. they all would have taken the force of that. They all would have had the trauma that four of them had had. That wouldn't have just happened to four of them and the other five had somehow just got off, not lightly because they all died, but not have had that. Yeah, you would think they'd all be trauma. in the same situation. Yeah, basically. so that's kind of unexplained. There have also been apparently over 100 expeditions to that area and no reports of conditions that would have resulted in an avalanche. They also said that an analysis of the terrain indicated that even if some very specific conditions had happened that had resulted in an avalanche, the sort of trajectory of where that would have gotten Mm, would have mm -hmm. meant it would have bypassed the tent anyway. So... That is quite bizarre. And the final one that they said was that Dyatlov was an experienced skier along with other members in the group and they just wouldn't have set up camp in a place that would have been potentially um, vulnerable to an avalanche. I mean, I guess, you know, we all make mistakes, but it just seems like there's too many factors Mm -hmm. that say this didn't happen. It wasn't an avalanche, yeah. If not an avalanche, then what? Um, And so another theory branches from the tests that were taken of the clothes found on the four bodies that were found further down the, the slope. Mm-hmm. So these tests reveals that the clothes were radioactive. What? An investigator named Lev e. Ivanov, who was one of the first to discover that the clothes and the bodies were radioactive, and apparently he had a Geiger counter, or yeah. Geiger yeah. counter, okay, yeah. and apparently that was going nuts around the camp. And Ivanov had said that the Soviet officials at the time told him to clamp the case shut, despite there being reports of bright flying spheres in the area in February and March. Ivanov told a Russian newspaper, Leninsky Put, that he suspected there was a connection between the bright sphere and the group's deaths. And there were also reports that the bodies of the group appeared deeply tanned. So there seemed to be quite a few things pointing to the fact that there may have been some, sort some of... kind of weapons or... Yeah, so they thought that possibly the group had stumbled across some sort of military activity, some sort of military testing ground, and that that had kind of led to their deaths. But it doesn't really explain the trauma on some of the bodies and yeah. not the others. The final theory, which kind of ties in with this radioactive military testing ground, is that the death were a result of a military accident that was then covered up. Mm. So this theory goes that there are a record of parachute mines being used in the area, and parachute mines detonate a metre or two before they hit the ground, and they produce similar damage to that found on the hikers, which is heavy mm. internal damage, 
not really any mm-hmm. external damage. And that could also explain the orbs that were seen in the sky. And some people believe that the bodies were actually moved because photographs of the tent that they had set up in that base camp um, show it being erected incorrectly, which is quite odd given the experience mm, of these yeah, campers. Yeah. So no, there's not really been ruled any official reason as to what happened, any official kind of cause as to what happened to the to the group. There's a lot of theories. For me, I just I can't understand it. Every single one of them doesn't seem to explain the vast difference between yeah. how some were found and That's not the, the others. I think the, the, the two different kind of groups is what makes it so yeah. unexplainable. The only thing I wondered is if they if they were kind of suffering from hypothermia because if they were found in a ravine like to me and I might be wrong but a ravine is like a, a deeper mm. part of the ground and the four that were found in the ravine could they have just fallen into the ravine and then but then you think there would maybe be some external injuries rather than yeah and also w- w- why did they have clothes on why did they have more clothes well on I guess clothes on and other, the other people's clothes it's kind of like, in my mind, it was like that the people that were found first, they had the least amount of clothes on because other people had taken them off them. They saw them or they were running or whatever. They took them off the dead and they, they got the furthest because they were more well-equipped. But mm. And I suppose that could kind of make and sense. And they like woke with, up first or... Or, yeah, or, yeah, maybe that. But then with the last theory of it being like a, a military thing, they were running from it and it still got them and then there was probably a bit of exposure from them being in the ravine as well as the actual aftermath thing. But, yeah, I've not... <laughs> that's men- That's the mentalist story ever. It's like <laughs> Russian insane. Area 51 or whatever. Yeah. Could, could, could you, be in the X-Files. Can you repeat the, the name of the mystery? Because that was spooky as fuck. What is it called? It's called the Dyatlov Pass Incident. <sighs> so when I was looking into this, there are pictures not of the mm. bodies, but of them like as they're setting off for their expedition and they're all so excited oh, and... It's really sad. They're really young and they're off to kind of go and do this that exciting thing. Crazy. I mean, it is nuts. And if you, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing, you always take a risk of your mercy yeah. of the elements. But yeah. it doesn't seem as straightforward as just they were hiking in sub-zero conditions. Mm. This is what happened, but clearly that just wasn't what happened. Yeah, and also if you're that experienced, especially in in places like Russia where you have got quite a, a fierce potential element front you would know what to expect and you would, mm. you could tell the signs especially isn't there like a thing that happens before an avalanche that you can usually tell so you can get your way out and yeah if it was us yeah we'd fuck <laughs> up sure i mean we'd, we'd be in our pants yeah in the we'd be drinking prosecco <laughs> dancing to taylor swift we'd have found a lovely Someone... hot spring yeah we would but if you're experienced you know what you're doing well that's the point is that they were all clearly experienced the thing for me, because I immediately like to think it's like, it's fucking ghosts, aliens, UFOs, UFOs. Someone was up that tree. Yeah. What the fuck were they doing up there? Yeah, that's true. What were they trying to get away from but stay near? Because if it's one thing to just run straight away and then fall into a ravine, but if you're scrambling up, you are trying to get away from something that isn't, you know, parachute mines blowing in the air. Yeah. Blowing off in the air. That's again. To, to, <laughs> to blow off but you are wanting to gain higher ground to like keep an eye on what the fuck is going on so you don't you don't climb a tree if it's an avalanche you don't climb a tree if it's a parachute mine mm. what the fuck was happening well you yeah, climb a tree if there's bears in Russia well yeah mm. I did wonder whether it was bears but it feels like it was no. too extreme yeah 
Especially if it was there was no outside injuries and it was all internal. They would know, yeah, they would yeah. Bears know fuck immediately. You up. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like you could say maybe it was bears if they'd all run out and mm, then they'd all mm, died of mm. hypothermia. Like they ran to get away from the bear because But the bears would have eaten the dead bodies. That's that like the bears bears can run. Yeah, that's true. They yeah, would have they, they would have gone yeah, after those people run, and they would have found the dead bodies because they can smell them. But I thought they don't eat dead bodies, that's why you have to play dead. No, but it's different types of bears. True. There's black, there's brown. Grizzly bears. Polar. Teddies. Yep. Teddy bears. They're the worst. <laughs> yeah, so there's different types of bears. It's not like zombies that don't eat the dead. Bears eat anything. Okay, thanks. Good to know. Anyway, I mean, I've never met a bear. I have no idea. That was amazing. That was so good. That was such a good story. <laughs> that was so good. I was so gripped. Such a good story. Good. I think I'm going to need Botox on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you were really affected by that story. Really like, I literally couldn't take my eyes off you. I was like, what's happening next? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I loved it. It was a good story. Really well a done. Really good story. Really good. Guys. Very well researched. Yeah. Thanks. Three, three pages long. A whole two articles. I love it. There's just like a lot of stuff on it. Some things you find and you're like, okay, well, that's interesting, but what? And this one, there was hardcore facts. Or there's, not there's facts, because no one knows yeah, The internal injuries like a car crash, but no external yeah. gives me the... I know, yeah. It's bizarre what could possibly have happened. It's really bizarre. It kind and of... Aliens. The guy that was like the lead investigator, um, Ivanov, apparently he's dead now, so... Oh, Christ. He's, he's never taken his eye off the ball. Selfish. <laughs> <laughs> what a prick. Squares, over to you. So... <laughs> I'm already laughing. A man ate an ice cream and died. Yeah, I've <laughs> got brain freeze. Brain freeze to death. I mentioned this the daily earlier, but I'm actually going to do a story that was part of the inspiration for the idea of this podcast. Okay. And mm. it's a near miss. Let me take you back to October of last year. Okay. Wasn't, wasn't that long ago. No. A mild autumn day in Bournemouth. Oh. Specifically, we're on Boscombe Pier. Oh, yeah. In Bournemouth. Oh, been? Yeah. Have you been? Went to uni in Bournemouth. Oh, of course you did. Mm. Should have remembered that about you. Sorry. That's where she met Matt. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> where you met your beloved. Sorry about that. And our protagonist of the story, Sam Quillam. He's 28 years old. He's enjoying the day, having a pretty good day, fishing with his friends on the pier. A pretty normal day for him and something he'd done many times before. And this day, October 5th, 2017, he caught a 14 centimetre Dover sole fish. Mm. And he reeled it he reeled it up from the pier. That's quite a catch. Yeah, well, yeah, he he reeled it up from the pier to celebrate his catch. And he kissed the fish. Oh for fuck's sake. I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> he kissed Don't the f- kiss a fish. What are you doing? He kissed the fish in celebration and he held it above his mouth. Presumably he'd done this before. I presume that he was an avid fisher, angler. What are they called? Fishermen. People that fish. Fishermen, sure. yeah. Fisherwomen. Apparently it's a tradition to kiss the fish to say thanks before you throw it back in the water. So he wasn't fishing for food. He was just okay. fishing for the fun. Glory. And then I don't like that, but sure. Throwing it, he threw yeah. it back in. <laughs> Obviously, but the fish wasn't having a good time being oh. held out of the water where he lives. And he wriggled to get free from his grasp. And managed to fall into Sam's open mouth and swim down, <gasps> lodging himself in his throat, causing a complete obstruction. Oh my what? God. Hang on, how big was this Dover sole? 14 centimetres. <gasps> down his throat. Oh, Jesus. Aren't they quite wide? 
Yeah, I mean, I've actually got a picture that I'm going to show you at the oh end because it's hilarious. Did it like roll up? I don't, I don't know. But How did they get down there? <laughs> How big was this guy's neck? No, I think it's just normal. He just kissed the fish and the, ki- <laughs> the fish wasn't having any oh of it. Christ. And then went down into that cavernous hole of his mouth. Oh, God. So, obviously, this isn't... I mean, it's funny now, and he survived, he so survived, there's a little yeah. bit of okayness about this, but he started flailing around. People soon realised really quickly that he was in trouble. Someone phoned for an ambulance, um, and even before they arrived, his friends were already having to perform CPR on him. Some articles say that his heart stopped beating for the three whole minutes, but basically he had a cardiac arrest because he couldn't breathe. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he suffocated. But... Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he needed to be resuscitated. When the paramedics arrived at the scene, they realised Sam was in a desperate situation and he had a blocked airway and was obviously now in cardiac arrest. Further assessment of Sam's airway indicated that despite artificially ventilating him with a bag and mask, his chest remained silent, suggesting that there was total airway occlusion and despite best efforts, he was not receiving any oxygen. So he couldn't even breathe through his nose because it was completely blocking oh any oxygen going into his body. So a pretty dire situation. Luckily, they managed to stabilise him and get him breathing. But they still had the big job of removing the fish from his throat. Fuck my life. Honestly. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway. So what? The, the paramedics were there. It was... For all intents and purposes, it was a terrible, terrible scene. Um, But specifically, the paramedic, Matt Harrison, he was the man on the job trying to sort it all out. It took seven attempts to remove the fish from Mr. Quillam's throat. Mm. And Matt said it was his most bizarre call-out he's Mm, ever had. He was quoted as saying, we didn't know the true extent of the situation or what the patient was choking on. But as we questioned the, f- the friends further, we were told that he had a whole fish stuck in his windpipe. Oh, my God. It was clear that we needed to get the fish out or this patient was not going to survive the short journey to the hospital. He used a laryngoscope to fully extend the mouth and throat and saw what appeared like an altered colour of tissue in his throat. Oh, Christ. Like, it was so far down, he couldn't even make out oh what it was. It wasn't God. like it was... Oh, God. Tails. The fish has gone into his lungs. It was so far down. Oh, that makes me feel really weird. Right. <laughs> And then using forceps, he was able to eventually dislodge the tip of the tail and very carefully, oh God. so he didn't break the tail, no. um, he tried to pull it out. But the fish's barbs and gills were of getting course, stuck it's all on the, back way. the other yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, the wrong way of going about it. it. That's probably why it went down so smoothly. Down so smoothly. It's a Chinese finger trap. Yeah, but horrible on the way out. So Matt is quoted as saying, I was acutely aware that I only had one attempt at getting this right. He actually had seven. Um, And if he lost grip or a piece broke off and it slid further out of sight, there was nothing that they could have done to retrieve the obstruction. But eventually on the sixth or seventh attempt, there's kind of conflicting reports on it, the fish came out in one piece and it was a whole Dover sole measuring just over 14 centimetres in length. Oh my God. So I actually... Don't know what happened to the fish, whether he was still alive. I, I presume... doubt it was still well, alive. Well, it's wet down there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite I mean, the sea. It's not the sea. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean... So they, they removed the obstruction. They'd resuscitated Sam after his cardiac arrest anyway. Um, so he was okay. He was then taken to hospital for checks. 
And then a couple of days later, I think it might be a week or two later, he returned to the scene of the drama <sighs> for a news conference and said he was still a bit shaken by the whole experience. He did try to explain what had happened and he said, I went to give it a kiss before throwing it back in and literally, like a bar of soap, shot out of my hand oh and my into God. my mouth and oh. basically swam down my throat. You just don't expect it to happen. People do things like this all the time and you just don't expect it to happen to you. But he said that he'd not ruled out ever kissing a fish again, but admittedly it would probably be just a bit bigger and not a soul. Just don't open your mouth all the way. Like, close mouth kiss, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like you would give to Church. your auntie. Church, Church a kiss. wedding. Church, wedding kiss, it's fine. Don't kiss fish. Don't kiss fish. But Just apparently, well, if you so, feel like you have to. No one has to. That fish doesn't want to be picked out of the ocean anyway. Exactly. So Stop fishing, yeah. if anything. But going on to the, the kissing thing, the tradition of kissing a fish is widely credited to Australian TV and radio personality Rex Hunt, who began kissing his catches in the 1980s. So he would kiss as a, as like a sign of thanks and then throw them back in alive and they would be fine. But I'm just going to show you a picture of, of a Dover sole because it is... Yeah, they're the, huge. The but look at his eyes. He's like a little cheeky he's, chappy. He's an you know, he's what he's up man. to. They know what they're up to. I do hope that the fish survived. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm I not have... really sure, to so... be honest. One of my, this is really bringing back memories because one of my favourite ever You've Been Framed clips. (laughs) Honestly, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, but now it seems deadly. It was a little kid who was probably like four on a little fishing boat and he had had this fish in his hand. He was kind of holding it in front of his face, showing it to the camera, being like, oh, I found, I've caught this fish. Kind of holding it as if you would hold like an ice cream cone or something. And the fish was flopping around and just flopped right into his mouth. Oof. And I was like, <laughs> but now I'm like, fuck, that kid could have died. That yeah. kid could have died. Was he okay? Because maybe it's like a reflex, like a reflex. The fish want to go down mouths without realizing, you know, it's some kind of like evolutionary thing. They just need to get in because they, they're in danger. They want to mm. get away. They're terrified. Yeah. But this is the thing. This is kind of like, I mean, obviously, it's it's a relatively it's not humorous, but it's a relatively light-hearted story because obviously he didn't die. But that fish is not having a good time. No, no. I don't. Poor I, fish. I, I, genuinely, and listen, I'm not a vegan. I'm I'm a card-carrying carnivore, but I never have understood. Do, do you get cards? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're issued with them at the butchers. Oh, I see. I see. It's fine. <laughs> I never understand that fishing thing where you throw them back in. What the fuck? Well, surely, because also you've got to hook them with that. Yeah, it's, hor- it's just horrible. Surely yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Thing that and anyone, noise. yeah. And like there's some fucking, you know, there's loads of YouTube clips and vines of like, oh, this fish was frozen and it's come back to life. Like, why is it okay to watch it like that? Because it's a fish and not a oh, well, puppy. When they've got been cut off. Yeah, or like they're yeah. still alive as sushi or whatever. Like, yeah. why is that? It's horrible. Just because they're fish, it's why never, is that okay? Yeah. It's never made me comfortable. Yeah. I was going to add it onto this story, but there is a, a story from like 10 or 20 years ago where this happened previously and someone did die. Like, it, it mm. did obstruct his airwaves completely and he stopped breathing. Obviously, I think the paramedics in this situation were quick to respond and luckily his friends did do CPR quite quickly. But just stop kissing fish, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Good idea. Stop. Just was he completely like? Did he not have any effects from that then? Because like his brain must have been starved from oxygen. For well, a while. this is the, this is the thing. I I don't definitely know that he stopped breathing for three minutes. He was definitely in cardiac arrest, and I don't think that he could breathe for very long. But because his friends started CPR quite quickly, that basically they saw him flailing around, 
they realised what had happened, they phoned the paramedics and the paramedics on the phone said, this is what you should do. Mm. And then they arrived quite quickly. So I think that luckily it happened quick enough that it was okay and he wasn't starved of oxygen and he wasn't eventually brain damaged. But he is and was fine. His girlfriend was like, you're not going fishing again for a while. But other than that, he was fine. He was very lucky. But yeah, this I saw this story last year and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I remember reading... Who the fuck is this <laughs> What are you up to? I gotta do a podcast. <laughs> and, but yeah, but it's kind of like... What oh, weird... this was the one that inspired you. Yeah, this was one thing that I thought, that's a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. And it kind of set mm-hmm. off my chain of events to think about this concept for this podcast. And then <laughs> I'd forgotten about it until today when I was trying to research the story. You mean three days ago? When three you days ago doing... when I did all my meticulous planning. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's my story. It's a near miss. The second near miss of the series. Swiftly followed by the third. And on the surface... I'm really excited by this. <laughs> Mine is really ridiculous. There's so many elements about this that are really funny. But I'll try and hold it together. I'm going to tell you the story of... I'm sorry, I haven't checked out how to pronounce his name. I'm going to say Reza Rizamond who was nearly killed by a ladybird. Christ. I like those little guys. Yeah, well, sticking with the Oscars theme as well. <laughs> Although it didn't it didn't win a single Oscar, did it? Oh, it was It was robbed. robbed. It was robbed. It was really robbed. Did it not win anything? No. So Reza, I'm going to say I'm going to go with Reza Rezamand. I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. But Reza Rezamand was will be listening. Nearly killed. <laughs> we know you are by a motherfucking ladybird. So, Careful. I'm going to take you back to November 2016. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're still waiting for the day that we both have. <laughs> yeah, and Reza, Reza is a 31-year-old professional bodybuilder. This dude is stacked. He has an Instagram. Buff AF. <laughs> which I will spell out right now. A At Rez. Olympiathlete, so R E Z O L I M P A T H L E T E. That's his Instagram. He's stacked as fuck, right? Anyway, so he's like 31 year old professional bodybuilder in 2016. He lives in Stoke on Trent and he is on his way to the gym because he works out insane amounts every day. He works out for five or six hours a day every day. What a waste of time. Bodybuilder. He's got a job. What's he up to? It's a bodybuilder, I guess. Is he a professional bodybuilder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. It makes money like, that Professional way. bodybuilder. Okay, fine. So, like, you need to work out, you need to, like, sort out your diet. Like, your most of your day is probably spent on working out and eating, right? In Second Train, he's on his way to the gym. So, it's November. He approaches his car, and he sees that there's, like, a massive cluster of ladybirds on the door and on the roof of his car. And he's like, why would you, you know, why would you think anything of it? Like, oh, weird. There's kind of like a swarm of ladybirds. Kind of weird. When I was a kid, I used to really like them. So I'm quite interested. So he's like, hi, he gets closer. And you think weird in November. Yeah, well, well. Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> sure. So as a kid, he always loved ladybirds. These, these looked kind of weird. They were massive. So they were almost twice as big as normal ladybirds. Mm. And instead of being red with black dots, they were black with orange dots. So, uh, like, oh, so those are bad guys, really aren't they? Really weird. Well... He's like, this is really weird, but you know, whatever. Not you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really think anything of it. He sort of picks one up, he has a look at it, and he's like, oh, okay, these are quite weird. He let them walk over his hand, and then he just brushed them off and got in his car. Didn't think anything more about it. 
drives to the gym. But it was on his way to the gym that he felt like a sharp pain on his left-hand side around his neck. Oh. And he was like, oh, that feels a bit weird. But anyway, he gets to the gym, feels quite painful, tells his mate he doesn't think it's anything. By the time he's, like, gone in the changing rooms, got out onto the gym floor, the pain has spread to his left foot. Oh, my God. And it felt as if it was burning. Um, his mate told him to get a grip. <laughs> Supportive. Man up. Get, get a grip, man up. Um, and stop moaning. <laughs> so anyway, he's like, Fair. oh, I feel a bit weird. Like my, my, my left side of my neck's a bit weird and my left foot feels like it's burning. But he did his normal workout and then he was driving later on to go down from Socon Trent to Milton Keynes. He needed to stay in Milton Keynes overnight because he was presenting awards at a bodybuilding competition the following day. So he's got this drive. So he works out, does his big, massive workout, drives down to Milton Keynes. So he arrived in Milton Keynes about 7pm and checked into a hotel but his foot was still hurting. But then he thought, okay, so it was feeling a bit weird. Maybe it was from all the driving, changing gears, the clutch, etc., etc. Anyway, so he tries to get to sleep before his his like relatively big day the next day. He just couldn't get to sleep. And then in the early hours, he looked at his foot and it was incredibly badly swollen, like a giant's foot. In his words, oh, God. it was swollen like a giant's foot. And he's like, oh my god, what happened? If I drop something on it, what is going on? Bearing in mind. There's absolutely no reason he would have thought that, like, the ladybird on his car no, yeah. would have been yeah. anything to do with this. So he's like, fuck, have I dropped something? Have I dropped a, have I dropped a weight on it? Have I damaged a tendon? Et cetera, et cetera. So in the middle of the night, um, he was like, shit, I need to go to hospital just to get this checked out. Um, but he couldn't walk, so he phones, like, reception. And the concierge helped him out of the room and took him, took him downstairs in a luggage trolley, oh. which is adorable. Oh. I, I like to imagine that like a Grand Budapest hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it. Um, so he gets to the taxi to the hospital. Everyone in the hospital was like, well, we can't really work out what it is. Maybe it's an allergic reaction. They took an x-ray. They did a blood test. They're like, we can't work out what it is. Off you pop. Just go back about your business. Get so on with like, the rest well, of your yeah, life. Just, just crack You're on, mate. Fine. Just crack on. You're probably fine. You've probably dropped something on it or whatever. So allergic. Maybe you've, maybe you're allergic to something moisturiser. I don't know. <laughs> something you've put on your skin. Fuck knows. Anyway, so he goes off and then he goes to the bodybuilding competition where he was a judge. Um, on a crutch, though, because he's still, like, really, really struggling. Um, but he manages to like do what he needed to do that day in Milton Keynes. However, by the evening, his foot was black. Oh, God. Right. And his friend was like, holy shit, dude, you need to get to hospital the right now. The same friend that told him to man up <laughs> no, I think it was 12 a hours ago. I think it was a different friend. A more concerned need to get a better friend. <laughs> <laughs> a nicer friend. Who was like, we need to go to hospital now. So they rushed him to Royal, Royal Stoke University Hospital. And they had, so he had more blood tests and more confusion no one knew what was happening at all. They couldn't work it out. They had to get a consultant from another hospital to oh, come wow. in and like carry on running tests on him. He was like, so this new consultant arrives from another hospital. Like, we're trying to get to the bottom of this. Strip off. So he's like, <laughs> get naked. Get naked. need to examine every part of your body. He noticed that the left side of... So this consultant noticed that the left side of his groin was swollen. And he was like, hmm, it looks like your body is trying to fight an infection. Bearing in mind, this dude was incredibly fit. He's like, I've literally never been ill. What is happening? So this new consultant from a different hospital is like, have you touched anything unusual or have you cut yourself recently? And our friend is like, no, absolutely not. Um, so the consultant says like, have you been any, near any chemicals? No. Have you been near any insects? 
At which point, our man says, that's when I remembered. I thought mentioning the ladybirds would sound stupid. <gasps> but I told him anyway. Oh, oh good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought mentioning the ladybirds would sound stupid, but I told him anyway. And so the consultant was like, he asked what kind of ladybirds they were. Did they look different? And so he explained, Reza explained, um, I explained the colour and the size. The consultant said they sounded like they were harlequin ladybirds, which is an invasive species. Reza had never heard of them and was shocked to learn that they carry a fungal disease in their saliva. Anyway, long story short, he's got this big painful black foot. He has severe sepsis. Oh Oh my God. Really, really, really dangerous. Severe sepsis from a ladybird bite. So the consultant was like, the saliva's got under your skin and into your system. Oh, God. From the severity of sepsis Reza had, one out of three people die. Oh, my my God. Yeah, like, insane. There was a chance they'd have to amputate his leg. It would have, you know, ruined his life as a bodybuilder. Um, So basically they put him on loads of really strong antibiotics and morphine. He couldn't walk properly for a long time, was in loads of pain, dropped loads of weight, which for like a professional bodybuilder, that's yeah, really, really serious. Stacked, haven't you? Um, yeah, so basically, like, he just like, held a ladybird and then was nearly dead. Oh, oh my hours God. Later. That's mental. Yeah, it's absolutely Is it just on crazy. one side of his body as well? Yeah, so I guess, crazy, it, I guess it's like it? the lymphatic system, right? If something gets into it, it's all it's always on one side rather than, well, it's like a... Yeah, I think that's a common thing. Like, if you get that kind of infection, like, it will go on one side of you. Um, but, yeah, one in three people die with the severity. And he didn't even realise he'd been bitten. He's like, I didn't even really think ladybirds yeah, could yeah. bite. No, I don't, didn't know that. Yeah, they could bite. And don't fuck with harlequin ladybirds. <laughs> don't fuck, don't the fuck lady with bird. the giant... What are they? Black with orange spots. Yeah. Yeah, black with orange spots. Do we know why they were all just hanging out in November? No, they were just an invasive Murderous species. Murderous bunch. They're on a kill just on a killing spree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on a killing spree. Pricks. Absolutely. Pricks. But now he was like, now like this is, and these are his words. These are Reza's words. So I don't feel like I'm taking the liberty. But he says, I used to think they were cute and harmless. I used to play with them as a child. Now, if I see a ladybird, I run. <laughs> Probably. Fair. Just walk quickly like, away. It's yeah. a run. Is it? Um, is it all ladybird? Like you know the cl- your classic black and no, red. No. Yeah, so these guys, so these harlequin guys, carry fungal infections in their saliva. Okay. So you can still have a laugh with the black and red one. Yeah. Fine. Red and black. I mean, don't. They're predominantly red, aren't they? Well, yeah. I, mean, I know. I'm just being a pedant, <laughs> but I mean, it's in like. Those guys All are right, mate. black <laughs> black bodies with spots, whereas these guys are red with black spots. Yeah, no, like, no, I just was checking. I didn't really understand because I'm a bit worried about ladybirds now. That's all I'm saying. Just trying to get the. But you, you know, know, you can never be too careful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's tickled you. Sorry, mate. I'm not trying to be a pedant. I just want to know what I need to run from. <laughs> I mean, the avalanches. 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 Dave Avalanches. Avalanches. Dave <laughs> Radioactive material. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why was it radioactive? We will never know. Do you I mean, know, we might do you know, know if see we had... why Squares and I, when we had our little like Dover Soul and Ladybird stories, and you're telling like nine people killed by a mysterious <laughs> circumstances in the Ural Mountains in 1959, Guys, we're like, Whoa. I just wish you would take this a bit more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all the same. It all fits into what a way to go. <laughs> so yeah, Reza you need was the light uh, with the dark. Reza was nearly killed. What by an interesting bit. story, though. <laughs> So when we get to the end of our stories, we like to talk about women who are inspiring us this week. We call it our girl crush, but it could be someone that's looking good, someone that's doing good things. It's whoever we want to honour this week for whatever reason. And the first this week is going over to Els. Thank you. (laughs) Please step up to the mic, girls, if you wouldn't mind. Claire, thanks. So this week, mine is Ash Sarka. Uh, so I was watching news that the other day and she was on it. Um, and then I started following her on Twitter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know loads about who she was or what she did. But watching her just made me think, who is this woman? Like, she's really cool. She's very intelligent. She's very articulate. She really holds her own. There was something on Twitter where she was on whatever the programme is that Piers Morgan presents. Um, is it like Good this? Morning Britain. Good Morning Britain. Mm. And they were talking about um, whether or not kids should sing the national anthem <laughs> in school and it was the whole thing. That's boring as shit. So obviously she was being like patronised by Piers Morgan but just the way that she holds her own. You know like when you just look at someone and you're like I wish I had your intelligence, your articulation and your confidence to kind of talk about the things that you believe in and are passionate about. To stand up to someone like I mean, everyone hates Piers Morgan, but to stand up to someone like Piers Morgan, you really need quite a lot of confidence. I don't yeah, know that for sure. any of us could do that. I don't think to I be could. honest. Like, if I, I was standing back, I'd be like, "You're a prick." Da, da, da. But if yeah, I was there, but, I'd be like, "Oh, because yeah. it's so I'd, different." I'd call him a very, very bad word, but I couldn't and articulately. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just storm out. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't articulately stand up. Oh, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, um, just someone that I was like, she's really cool. So. Um, what was that? I'm gonna literally follow her on Twitter right Ash now. Ash Sarka, she's like a senior editor for Navara Media. Oh, okay. um, yeah, she's just an intelligent, confident woman who's doing things that I wish I was better at doing. Good one to have on our nice. side. Yeah, that's very good. <clears throat> Over to you. Mine's a bit of a, not a weird one, but mine's one that I can't believe I didn't do first because I owe a lot to her. Me. <laughs> no, it's not you. Sorry, else. I mean, you both would be in there somewhere, but there's no point saying you in the podcast anyway. Mine is Shonda Rhimes. Yes. I mean, she's my number one. She's mm. my absolute number one. So I, I watched this Netflix um, video today about um, all the women characters they have in all of their shows and how about like fighting for women. And uh, I feel like obviously it's not equal and it's not where we need it to be as women. Any any woman. But there is a lot more female voices. There's a lot more female characters. And even, in you know, when you think about Black Panther and how, how prestigious that is and how important that is, there's a lot more women that are in that and they're strong. And they're not strong because they've been victimised and they're not strong because they've been, you know, pushed down. They're strong because they're strong because mm. they're women, mm. things like that. It's not enough, but we're, we're getting there and we're, we're you know, we're, we're pushing more and more. And I feel like the voices of women are being heard more. But it just got me thinking about how actually Shonda Rhimes has been doing it for fucking years. Mm-hmm. I've never actually watched Grey's Anatomy. I know that it's a big show for a lot of people. I've never watched it, but Meredith Grey is the main character. She's the main protagonist. It's all about a woman. Obviously, Mick Dreamy was in there. He's probably quite fit. Fine. Um, but specifically, I'm <laughs> it's gonna, not about that. It's not about that. <laughs> Mick Dreamy. Um, but specifically, I'm going to obviously shout out Shonda Rhimes for Scandal, which is finishing soon. Fine. But Shonda has always been, you know, the pusher of female voices, female characters, and obviously, importantly, people of colour. Um, and Kerry Washington is amazing in Scandal. And, obviously, 
Scandal has introduced me to Tony Goldwyn, the best, you fittest... You love him so much. Fittest president that ever was. <laughs> yes, which is fine. Fine. Shonda, thanks for that. But also, like, thanks for other stuff as well. I think more so thanks for other stuff. Um, and also, then also, How to Get Away with Murder with Viola Davis as the lead. But Viola has to be my girl crush at another time because she's mm. got too much to go to say about her. She's amazing. But I just feel like Shonda Rhimes needs... And she, she I think she is getting it, but she needs the credit of bringing strong female, don't have to have tragedy behind them, mm-hmm. voices to the to the forefront. I'm not really in agreement with what she's done to live in Scandal in the last couple of seasons, but do whatever you want, Shonda. You're far more experienced than I am. <laughs> um, and also people and women of colour, and I feel like Kerry Washington is a fantastic person that she's chosen, and Viola obviously as well. Um, but yeah. Shonda, Shonda Rhimes. Rhimes she's a fucking genius killing it Shonda Rhimes is killing uh, it yeah g- genius I fucking love her she's created some amazing programs that are all quite different from each other and also there's one I haven't seen it yet but there's a Scandal slash um, How to Get Away with Murder crossover coming up it's like the end of Scandal that's your dream well yeah literally is my dream but it's coming up in like in the second half of series 7 because obviously they always have that break I can't fucking wait <laughs> What's Tony Goldwyn going to get up to? <laughs> Can't wait. Fitz is f- fit as fuck. Anyway, Shonda. Cheers, Shonda. pal. Cheers, Thanks pal. for introducing Tony Goldwyn. And also all of the really great stuff that you do, but as a female. But mostly I, that, yeah. I think Fitz is a great president for lots of reasons as well. That's mine, anyway. <laughs> nice. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> Cheers, guys. My girl crush this week is Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She so I was like she's fucking great anyway. Yeah. Obviously she's great. And she was part of that whole like second city brat pack of comedy writers and performers that came up through Saturday Night Live and stuff. That's all part of a world that I'm aware of, but I was never really I don't you know, we we didn't experience it. We're British and in our early thirties, so it all kind of slightly happened in another geography and yeah. in another time. However, she has, so she's always been on my radar um, as being hilarious. And I realised three programmes that I've watched recently that I've really loved and found really funny. She's in all of them Love and it. like has fucking hilarious cameos in all of them. Mm. So she's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as, which I just love. It's totally harmless and hilarious. She's this like, um, kind of like a CIA uh, witness protection agent person fucking hilarious then she's in The Good Place which I've talked about before mm. and she plays like this um, neutral neither heaven nor hell judge who basically decides who goes into heaven and hell fucking hilarious <laughs> so she is also in Big Mouth um, which is like a cartoon all about puberty and she voices the female hormone monster which is <laughs> one of the fucking funniest things I have ever ever seen really? in my life funniest and truest really at, oh, it takes you literally back to being a 13 year old girl and it's just beautiful and hilarious and really sensitive well not sensitively done but like it doesn't need to be too sensitive it's just great so I was like oh my god my Rudolph is in everything that I'm loving right now mm-hmm. so she is my girl crush love it good one love anyway oh that was fun Okay. Yeah, what a great International Women's Day. Yes, happy International Women's Day on whatever day you're listening to this. Which may be July 2018. It may be International Women's Day 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? 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 Who
knows? Fuck Who it. Knows? You should just appreciate that we get our it fucking to you. act together. Then we'll. Then we'll come at you. <laughs> we'll come at you. Like then you're you, gonna know. Like you don't even. The point really. of International Women's Day is that we can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, so boy. Don't censor us. <laughs> Thanks for coming along. <laughs> the Everyone, <coughs> deal with us till now. Anyway, that's a wrap on episode five. That mm-hmm. is a wrap. Thanks, ladies, for being with us on this show. Thanks, 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 everyone. Please tune in next week. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Please subscribe and give us a big review. Hopefully it's a five star. I mean, if you're going to give us a one star review, do whatever you want. Don't even bother. Don't. Don't bother. Don't do that. But review and subscribe. That obviously helps other people find our podcast and that's quite important to us. If you have any stories that you would like to share, if you know a near miss, if you are a near miss listen if you are a near miss we get need involved to, we need to get on here. the phone right now if you've had a fish down your throat <laughs> tell us about it sam get we on the phone s- we say get on the phone we've only got an email it's fine we can i hate delay it. on the phone but so we don't get, phone me we get no we are not we, god we no don't, don't phone. Do phones. we're millennials do not we phone don't us. Like have you heard of text messaging <laughs> do that please whatsapp whatsapp sorry not even text whatsapp <laughs> We do get our emails on our phones, though, so you can email True. us, and that is at whataway_pod at gmail dot com, and one of us will read it in six months' time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but then that's fine. There's enough time. There's enough time. We'll get to you eventually. We're into look. We're into it. We're just slow to respond. We're just we've got other things on. We're doing not loads. We watch a lot of telly. Clearly, <laughs> all we do is watch telly. So I don't know what the delay is. I don't know why it's taking us this long, but it is. Here we are. Tell us about it. We'll get back to you eventually. And that's the best you can hope for. Yes, appreciate it. Suck it up. Appreciate it. Learn it. Live it. Love it. Love it. Okay, thanks. That was quite aggressive. Bye. See you next week. Secretly, we love you. Bye. 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 Bye.